Hey guys, it's Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. Today, we are going to talk with the speech sisters, Bridget and Brooke. Their platform guides parents with practical tips to integrate speech and language techniques. Jade, how's it going over there? Do you want the truth? (laughs) Can I handle the truth? (laughs) All of our listeners may be able to hear Emerson in the background because I record this podcast at home and Tanner and my brother is visiting for two months. He's out in the living room, but she just wants to be in here with me so badly right now. And she's having like a major meltdown. So that's so sad. That's our current situation. But otherwise, I'm I mean, Dude, Emmy's meltdowns are like amazing. They're pretty epic. Like you've sent me some videos and they're <laughs> pretty epic. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's a little spitfire. She is the kindest, sweetest. She like, feels most, a lot. Yes, she's the most gentle little creature. But when she is wanting to let everything out, she lets everything out. Like she doesn't hold back, which I I appreciate, but. I really appreciate that. I feel like. I need a little more of that in my life. Like how amazing would it to just be able to like throw a toddler tantrum like every once in a while? Like that would feel really therapeutic, I feel. Well, I do feel like my husband maybe throws toddler tantrums too. (laughs) (laughs) Evan's throwing a tantrum today. Actually, no, he just doesn't want to talk to me because we're doing our taxes and he's mad that I've been. That is so stressful. It's so stressful. And I'm just like not great with money. So I haven't done the best at, I don't know, like writing everything down. And so he's like, well, where'd this come from? Where'd this come from? And so he's been doing that for two days and listen, he doesn't like me right now. (laughs) Adulting is hard. It is hard. And being a mom and taking care of two little kids and then all the adult responsibilities. Yes. It's hard. He's so funny, too, because he's like all week he's been like, it's your birthday week. It's your birthday week. And then this happens. And I'm like, you're ruining my birthday week. But really, I'm like ruining his life right now, (laughs) which is more important, apparently. What are you doing for your birthday? Let's talk about something positive. Okay. um, I don't know. He planned it. I know we're going to a hotel. My mom said she'd watch both of the kids, which is going to be a handful. Um. One thing that was good this week is, okay, so I'm turning 35. I got Botox for the first time in like five years. So I feel like I look a little bit younger. (laughs) Girl, get it. No shame. You know, I mean, whatever. Uh, Invest in yourself. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. I know we're going to dinner and he like, this is so weird. He had a hotel room booked. And then the hotel sent him a notice saying that like, a bunch of people had to go to the hospital because there was carbon monoxide in oh. the hotel. And so they had to shut down the hotel. Oh, my God. So scary. Yeah. So we're not going to that hotel. But I, no, I don't know. He's like not telling me anything, which I actually I plan my birthday like every single year. So I don't really like being out of control of it. But I'm excited for it nonetheless, mostly just because I'll have a kid break for the first time in like since we did that FabFitFun thing, which was what, January? January, yeah. Yeah, I haven't had a night of no kids since January. 
Well, I hope you guys have a great time. I think it's really cute. I know it's hard to like, I'm the same way where I don't really like surprises. I like to know what's going no. on. But it's also really like nice that he's being thoughtful. You know, he's trying. He's trying. It is nice. So that- <laughs> yeah, he is. So he gets really nice. kudos for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I feel like I just, like he threw me a surprise party one year and I was pregnant and I got like so overwhelmed because it was like, all I wanted to do was go to sleep. We went to dinner and I wanted to go to sleep. And then I walked in and it was like a surprise party. And I kept thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to go to sleep till like one o'clock in the morning. And then I started getting like really anxious. And you have to be sober. Yes. And you have to be sober. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so scary. So I know it's not that obviously. I told him I just wanted it to be us. So I don't have to worry about that. (laughs) Even though the surprise party was so nice, but I just, again, like surprise, I like, being in control it's so weird but yeah so yeah birthday week getting old so I guess the only other thing that's going on with me is Evan has taken upon himself to try to sleep train Charlie oh wow so yeah but which really means like he's just like going in and changing his diaper and like putting his passy back in and I can't handle it because it makes me really sad because he's crying Mm. so he's been doing that this week And then I've taken over for Bella, but Bella now doesn't want to sleep. So last night, it's so weird. She wakes up in the middle of the night and she's just like really awake. And she just says, mommy, I don't want to go back to sleep. And then she, last night she was awake from 2.30 until 5.30. And I put her in bed with me and I was like, okay, just like, let's go to sleep. And she couldn't, she just wants to chat. (laughs) And I couldn't get her to go to sleep till she goes, mommy, I want to go back in my room. I was like, okay, put her back in her room. 10 minutes later, she's screaming. I go back in. I'm like, okay, Bella, close your eyes. And I laid on the floor, fell asleep on the floor, and then I snuck out. And then an hour later, she woke up screaming. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I have no, I have, like, no brain right now. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So it's like, there's, like, sleeping issues at our house right now is what I'm trying to say. I feel you. How was your sleeping going? Uh, (laughs) Well, Brooks just went down to one nap. So, uh. That's it's not too bad, but he's like the same way where he'll wake up in the middle of the night for a little bit. But that's what I, everything that I've been reading says that's really normal when they're transitioning um, just down to one nap. But trying. To, what do you do? What do I do at night when he wakes up? I mean, I he's littler, though, than like Bella, you know, but I just uh, I go in there. I don't I don't like talk. I just pick him up. I keep the lights off. I keep everything quiet. And I just sit in the rocker and I put his passy in and I just try to like rock him back to sleep pretty much. But I try not to stimulate him at all. Yeah. But are you sleeping at all? Like, I mean, you're getting close to the end of your pregnancy here. How are you feeling? It's on and off. Sometimes like I can't sleep and I'm like the same way where I'll be up from like two to four and just come over hang out with Bella wide awake yeah we can (laughs) we can keep each other company (laughs) but then some days I'm getting great sleep so I'm just trying to sleep as much as I can right now like I like I said before I just am trying to I have this idea in my head that I'm accumulating sleep for my lack of sleep later which I know it doesn't work that way but (laughs) I'm just trying to stay I still think it's a way to get through it yeah And, and it's it's what I tell myself but I'm really excited today about our guests because this is something else that people, if you've been a longtime listener and follower of mine, uh, you know that Emerson wasn't really necessarily a late talker. I wouldn't even like diagnose her or try to like put that label on her. 
But people used to give me crap all the time about how Emmy needed oh my God. to learn how to talk or needed speech therapy. Um, but she ended up being just fine. She talks. Her vocabulary, I feel, for a barely three-year-old is phenomenal. So she knows how to express herself like we talked about earlier. But um, she's also very good with using her vocabulary. So I'm really excited because the Speech Sisters, I followed them on Instagram for a while. And they talk about early intervention and speech therapy and everything. But they also just talk about how us moms and dads can encourage our children to just start talking a little earlier and just tips, you know, because I feel like that's one thing we're all a little bit sensitive about is whether our children are saying enough. It's one of those milestone things. Yeah. Like my child. I hate those milestones. Yeah. like Those make me so mad. Your (laughs) child should be saying five words by 12 months or whatever it is, you know, and it's like, well, my child still just babbles so they give like really great they give really great tips on encouraging how to um, have your child feel more confident in the way that they can express themselves and learn how to talk in our Facebook group today someone was asking about their child and talking and like and they were so worried about it and there's so many moms commenting you know your kid's fine like my kid didn't talk till this time and you know like it's so many encouraging words, which is so cool. But I do think it's one of those things that everybody worries about. Like, oh, my kid, my doctor said, you know, <laughs> or so-and-so said, I don't know, that, you know, yeah, you're supposed to say five words by this time or whatever. And you're like, oh, uh, my kid says two, mama, well, dada, you know, like, so it's just, I think it's something we all worry about. And it would just be nice to like, even in your worry, have some tips to like, help you feel better about even like your ability to teach your kid because <laughs> sometimes you just don't know what to do yeah I'm 100% about resources like if we can have the right things at our fingertips nowadays which with social media and everything it's so easily ac- accessible they've had like yeah I think it's like 20 years combined experience with, with speech therapy so they definitely know what they're talking about it reminds me of um your nephew Finn. Oh my gosh, that kid! I was just talking about him this morning. He was able to like sing the Star Spangled Banner at like a year, two. <laughs> I'm old. It was earlier than two. Is so like I always say. I'm like, oh, it's so annoying, but it's like so amazing, right? <laughs> <sighs> but he also like my brother and my brother's wife worked, so he was hanging out all day with his grandparents who are doctors. So. <laughs> Like they every day, I mean, they would teach him every single day in a different way than, you know, us normal moms do. They were like, they don't have the mom burnout. (laughs) No, they don't. They have the grandparents like going strong. Endurance. (laughs) Yeah. So, yes. Like, what is that? But, you know, every day it was like a letter of the day and like. Some people do that and that's amazing, but I just don't, I I can't think anymore. So he's smart anyway, but he was really learning, I think, in a different way than most kids are learning. He was learning at like two, like he was already in kindergarten. Yeah. And I've read stuff, like I've Googled all sorts of things that statistically, even like kids who are early like that, there are other kids who by the time they're like five, they've completely caught up. Yeah. You know, there's no difference between what what Finn will know and what a kid who was a late talker will know. 
Because I was looking up stuff when I was deciding whether to send Emmy to preschool this year or not. And I was like, is she going to be behind? Mm -hmm. And the statistics are like, she really won't be behind. Like, it'll take her maybe a month to catch up to what other kids are learning. But then they say they catch on so fast that they automatically catch up. And it's so interesting because I think every kid just like clicks at a different time. Like Finn could sing the Star Spangled Banner, which is like ridiculous. And Bella's now, like, you know, I've sang songs to her forever, but just in the past, like, month, she's she's able to now sing songs, like, full songs back to me. And she'd never been able to do that before, even though she's been talking forever. So I feel like, I don't know, it's, it's just, there's just, like, a click button on kids that just clicks at a different time. And it's just fine. I think that's one of the things, as parents, we have to remind ourselves of is when we get in that comparison game, is our kids yes. develop at different rates with different things at their own pace. Um, one of my friends, Christy, her son is, I want to say like five days older than Brooks. They're super close in age. And he still, he's he's not even crawling. He does like this butt scoot. He like scoots on his butt everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, yeah, he can't walk. Um which Emmy was a late walker too, but Brooks has been walking now for almost three months. But Brooks says, Brooks says quite a few. I think he says quite a few words. I'm not worried about his speech, but um, this little boy who just scoots on his butt everywhere, who will also watch YouTube, Brooks won't watch any kind of YouTube, iPad, TV. He is so not interested. He just wants to run around. But this little boy, he can say so many words and sing so many like he sings little songs he was singing the abc song he was like lmlp and i was like no way yes and he's 14 months old but because he his body is really focusing just more on speech and everything than the physical and brooks is so physical and he's not as much focused on the speech it just shows you that kids kids develop really they really just develop at their own pace yeah agreed and their bodies aren't capable really of doing both at the same time. It is so hard not to compare though. It's so like it's so funny. I was really talking to Evan about that last night. I was like I was like I'm so happy that Bella sings songs now and I was like but Finn sang songs so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Carly, he's be- he's being taught by doctors. I was like, "Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not that." <laughs> We're Instagram influencers. What are we teaching our children? I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I only got what I got right now. And that's it's as far as it goes. It doesn't go much further with mom brain. Okay, well, should we get the speech sisters on and uh, ask them some tips and tricks to teach our kiddos to talk? Yeah, let's just take a quick break and then we'll grab Brooke and Bridget. so excited to have you guys on. It's so funny. In our Facebook group today, we had a woman post about their child's speech development. And I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, we're having the speech sisters on today. Like perfect timing because so many people, I mean, there were so many comments too. So many moms are so worried about their kids. And Jade and I were t- talking about these milestones of you know, speech and is your kid's speech delayed? Is your kid on time? Is your kid, nobody knows. So we're just so excited to get tips and tricks from you and just kind of know how you can get your kid 
talking and and rolling through that uh you know rolling through life talking yeah absolutely yeah i mean that was kind of our whole agenda is we just wanted to educate parents on what these milestones are and if your child isn't meeting milestones when to seek out early intervention so it's just been an awesome journey and we've been able to help and reach so many families um, especially in these crazy covid times oh when my people God. are home <laughs> so crazy yeah. yeah so it's Well, and now people actually have time to do that. Right. I feel like, you know, like it's time to like, you're spending so much time with your kid. So now it's like, oh my gosh, I can actually be here for you to help you through this. Like, exactly. you know, some people, sometimes people just weren't around. Uh, How did you guys decide on becoming speech therapists? Oh, (laughs) my gosh, that was a long time ago. (laughs) So this I'm this is Brooke. I'm the older sister by two years, and um, so I went to school for special education, and I became a special education teacher. And then Bridget's two years behind me, and she went to college and was like, "I'm gonna do speech and language pathology." And I was kind of like, "Oh, what's that?" And then when I started working, I got really close to the speech therapist at my school, and I I loved her job more than mine. So I went. <laughs> uh- <laughs> for that and, to graduate school. And then I did my undergrad. We're, we're from the East Coast originally. And I did my undergrad. And then I told my family, you know what, I'm packing my car and moving out to California. So I was had no intention of going back to grad school at that point. And Brooke went to grad school and was like, you need to come back to speech therapy and do this. So after my crazy 20s, <laughs> I um, decided to <laughs> yes. go that route and go to grad school. And she ended up here in California as well. And we started a private practice in 2012 and really started specializing in working with early intervention clients and just found that getting parents educated and on board in that process was so huge in seeing progress. So that just became our passion. And after we had, when we have five kids combined, and after I had my last child, who's 23 months now, I think I took like a taking care of babies course. And I just stopped and called Brooke and was like, hey, I have an idea. We can reach more families. And um, that's when it all began. I think I know how to do this. (laughs) That's awesome. Are you guys best friends? We are. Yes. I think I think That's I annoy really Brooke, but I'm, I'm the boss. <laughs> yeah, the younger sister is the boss. She drives me crazy. No. <laughs> I know. I'm always so. I'm like I have two brothers, and so does Jade. I'm like, oh man, that would be nice to like have a sister that you could like ask questions about boys and share clothes with. And oh my gosh, I always a, wanted a sister. A amazing business with. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk about. I guess milestones and what do you need to do for your kid to start? Like when, when is your kid supposed to start talking? What are they supposed to be saying? Like, how old is that? We both have, I mean, I have a almost year old. So like, what is he supposed to be doing? (laughs) Yeah. Great question. (laughs) So at, at 12 months, I mean, 12 months is kind of a good age to start with because we want to, we want a little one to be saying anywhere between like one and two words. That would kind of be the milestone. Um, and so a milestone is really what 90% of children can do at a given age. Um, and I think that is what is confusing often um, because you want your child to meet the milestone 
But that's but it's also important to know that 90% of kids are meeting the milestone and doing this at a certain age. The average is quite a bit higher. So, you know, the average for a child who's 12 months, I mean, it really is a range, but um, it might be more like five words uh, around that time. Yeah. And then that that milestone average gap gets a little bit bigger as a child ages. And at 18 months, we want our little ones saying at least 10 words, but more of the average would be like 50. So it's a range. So we have a really cool yeah. chart on Instagram. And we just, the, what we were finding was that so many pediatricians go with that milestone, right? You go to your 18 month checkup, you, they will ask, is your child saying 10 words? And right. I think parents answer and go, yes, totally. And they think, yes, my child is like super advanced. They're saying 10 words. And that is great that your child is saying 10 words at 18 months. They're meeting the milestone. But what we want to educate parents is that means that like, that's what the majority of that age group is doing at that time. So that is awesome. But there's also kids who might excel beyond that or below that, but up to that average for 18 months is more like 50 words. So we coined the term, the expected range. And like, just to show parents, all kids are different. There is a range and your kid may be anywhere in that range. And that is okay. And at like two years, that gap gets even bigger at like 50 words for the average or sorry, the milestone and like 300 words for the average. Oh my gosh. What counts as a word? I know this, sound, this sounds really dumb. What counts as a word? No, so that, that like my kid right now is saying, you know, mama and is saying dada, but I don't necessarily know that he knows I'm mama and that's dada. Those are just two syllable. You know, that's just two things he says. Does sure. that count as a word? Does it not count as a word? Does a word only count when it's like cat and you know that that's a cat? So pretty much here. Um, There are like kind of three things to think about. So we want the child, in order for it to really count as a word, the child should be saying the word with intention, like intentionally. So knowing what it is that they're saying. And then also like consistently and independently so that it's not you saying, say mama, and then they'll say mama back, but they're not putting any Uh meaning to it. So those are kind of the three. Yeah. Intentionally, independently, and consistently. But a lot of times, like you're saying, they think, you know, your little one says mama, says dada. Sometimes they do say it with intention and you don't even realize it, you know, so, or it happens really fast that they make that So it's great that, is it a little boy? Yes. Okay. So it's great that he is vocalizing that and he's babbling and he is like getting there. He's so close. And the other thing is that like what counts as a word is another confusing question that we get asked a lot because it doesn't have to be <laughs> this perfect word like avocado or banana. No. It can be, uh-huh. it could actually be like an animal sound. Signs are words. Mm. Um, so if your baby is signing more, like that counts as a word. Put that in the, uh, you know, in the number jar there for the, word the number bank. Okay. Has in the word bank and sounds like duh for dog. Yes. It doesn't have to be perfect. So what if they say like Nana instead of banana? That counts because they're looking Absolutely. at a banana going Nana. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. And that's so common. So the majority of children will not say the word perfectly in the beginning. That takes time. Mm-hmm. So as the parent, you just want to make sure that you're, you know, holding that item up and you're repeating the word back to them in the correct way. So if your baby says Nana, you say, 
banana. You want the banana. Let's peel the banana. Let's eat the banana. Repeat that word a bunch afterwards as well. I love that. I downloaded your guys' course, the Talk on Track course, and I love that you guys talk about you starting language as like a newborn. And it's not something that you just wait for your children to start doing. It's something that you can start early. And I guess that's what early, can you guys explain to me exactly what early intervention is? Is it when you see your child being delayed or is it just starting before they even speak? You know what I mean? Yeah. So more like early intervention, I think is once interventionists come on board, I would say to help treat a child. But okay. and when, par- when when you hear people say early intervention is key, typically that means that your child has already been diagnosed or there is some sort of delay there and they're you know young and they're a toddler and it's like getting that intervention in as early as possible. Uh, we really love telling parents and educating parents about being proactive because there's so much that you can do from the beginning and that parents should do from the beginning. I mean, babies are literally born to learn language right away. So we tell them, you know, don't wait, obviously get like the sleeping and the breastfeeding and the eating and all of that stuff down. But you just want to kind of give your child language and there's certain ways to talk to your baby to build their language. So that's what we highlight in, in that Talk on Track course. What would be for any moms out there who say are first-time moms, even us, I guess we learn every time we have a new baby because all babies are different, but what would be some tips to start encouraging your children to make sounds or start communicating? Sure. So our biggest thing, and, and we talk about this a lot in our course Talk on Track, is talk to your baby, talk to them. And it's not just, you know, okay, now we're going to go do this. And then, and, you know, speeding through, it's really talking to them with intention and simplifying your language, showing objects or doing actions as you model the word, because that helps build meaning so that they start to understand the word. So a child can't express a word until they understand the word. So it's really important to build that receptive language, that understanding piece first. And that's why so like you know, we a- talk so much about that. Oh, sorry. So like yeah. putting actually so a ball word? and having a ball. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. Or if you're, you know, if you're saying run, run, like run, show them, run, you run yes. or make this, you know. Oh, um, I don't want to run. I tend to film like a lot of reels and IGTV on our Instagram explaining this. I'm kind of like a, a gesture crazy lady. <laughs> I think some people watch it and go, whoa, whoa, I'm not doing that. And that's okay. You don't have to do it like that. But it helps. You know, it if you are talking to your baby, like use gestures. It goes so far or show them the object or do the action. And I think the other thing is how we talk to yes. our babies from early on. This is huge. So you guys have probably heard of like mother ease or parent ease, or it's kind of that baby talk that we do with I our kids. People say like mom voice, now. mom voice. Yeah. So it's hi, yes. you know, and you feel silly doing it, but boy, does it work. It just captures the attention of your baby. And, you know, it's that like exaggerated, slow speaking style with like your intonation is raising and your baby is listening when you talk like that. They love it. Yeah, they love it. The biggest thing to take away is that you just, when you're doing it, you want to use like 
appropriate grammar and you know we call it baby talk or some people call it baby talk but you want to speak correctly yeah, yeah. there's a wrong way and a right way to do baby talk exactly and we talked about this on gma when we were on there on that show and that was like their whole headline is like there's a wrong way and a right way to do baby talk and the wrong way would be like give, give mommy a huggy you little you know whatever like whittle whatever oh, and not yeah. using the right words or sounds but the other name for baby talk is using that parent ease voice. And that one is good. It's huge. So I have a question then. Is it wrong for me to say Wawa when I'm talking to my son about his water? Should I just say you want your water? Or do I, is it okay for me to be like, here's your Wawa? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I do I'm say Wawa. I mean, I'm laughing because this is Bridget and with Stella, I would say Wawa. And I literally teach parents not to do that. So <laughs> it's hard. It's, it is hard not to do that. And you know what? I think I did it. And I actually, the the research says to say the right word. So that's what we preach. But I was always very open with the fact that for water, I would say Wawa at first. And then once Stella started saying Wawa, I then said water. You know, it's okay. I mean, I think ultimately you want to model the correct word because you want to move them out of that. But the way a toddler is going to say water is wawa. Like that is how they say the word first. That's their way of producing it. So I think knowing that, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, right. that's the research. Exactly. So I just sometimes say you can yeah. say Wawa and yeah. maybe other times say water. Yeah. Or if you get caught, just be like, Bridget from Speech Sister said it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I also have another question. So my son, Brooks, he's almost 15 months. He is on the go, on the go, on the go. I cannot get him to sit down and read a book, which I know is so important for learning language. Is there like a way that I can engage with him to help him with his speech that if he's not willing to even, like he will turn pages back and forth, but he like after three or four, he is done. He's like on to the next thing. And so with my daughter, I could read seven, eight, nine, ten books. She loves books, but he just does not give a care in the world. He wants to be just like cruising. Yeah, and I think that's common. I mean, a lot of kids have difficulty sitting for books. So we we actually have a blog on this, and it's like six tips to get your little one to engage during book reading. And one of them is like start facing him during book reading. So rather than holding him on your lap facing outward where you're both facing in, in the same direction, put him on the couch, you sit on the floor, and then almost hold the book as though you're a teacher reading to a classroom um, so that the book is facing him. But then you can see what he's looking at in the book, and you can talk about that, like what he's interested in. So sometimes that gets their attention. The other thing is he can see your mouth as you're articulating. But for keeping him engaged in the book, try to, we just try to make the book come alive and be really, really fun with the book and almost pretend play with the book. So if you, uh, in Talk on Track, if you go to like the bonus sections, we show some examples of this and it's a lot of gesture use or if the people are eating in the book, you pretend to eat, he pretends to eat. If people are rocking in a boat on the book, you're rocking, the book's rocking and really just bringing that book alive. And sometimes that just does it for little ones. They're like, whoa, this is now play. It's not just a book. Yeah, yeah. And no, that's that's really good. <laughs> and don't feel like you have to read all the words in a book. So that's like another big mm-hmm. thing that we talk about because so often we're like, 
no, you, you know, the child goes to turn the page and you're like, but I didn't finish reading that page. Like, that's okay. Just go kind of follow their lead, like follow his lead. If he, you know, isn't interested in that page or maybe even that book, maybe it's a different one and just like highlight some of the words on the page. Mm -hmm. So if there's a monkey and, you know, you might just want to go monkey, what's the monkey say? You know, like just make it fun and yeah. yeah, you can get there. Eventually, you will get to reading all the words, but sometimes it just takes a little time. And just starting off with some of those easier books, like we highlight books quite frequently. There's a book that I, I have on our Instagram feed or on our IGTV. It's called like Baby Says. It's so cute. And it has a ton of what we call exclamatory words. And that is it. That's all that's in the book. And exclamatory words are fun, simple, easy words that typically capture our baby's attention. Like, uh oh! Whoops! What Wee. else? Wee. Like, um, <laughs> oh no! No no no! You know they're just basic words. And every time I read this book with a little one in speech therapy, immediately engaged because it's simple and it's easy. So mm. check out some books like that. Maybe just kind of like bringing the level down a little. Yeah, he likes the touch and feel books. Like he'll point. And he likes to feel like if the dog is fuzzy and stuff like that. But yeah. he does have. He just tends to want to just turn the pages back and forth and not really, and that's about it. And then he gets bored. <laughs> Is that okay? I guess I guess no, it's only fifteen. It's, it's so it's so typical. I feel like it's my daughter's, my oldest, and same thing. She would sit and read with me forever, and then I had two boys after her, and they were just like maniacs. Like I could not get that. I mean, they were active little boys, physical. Like it just was different, you know. And so I think it depends on birth order and personality and gender and also where they are in their development. He just might be really those motor skills are pushing through right now. And that's what he's focused on, you know? Okay. I have another question in just a second, but we do need to take a quick break to talk about some of our sponsors. I have two questions about my two and a half year old. Okay. So, but one question I have is I was looking this up a while ago and it said not to correct her. I feel like I should correct her and I want to know if it's right or not. Okay. So, I mean, it depends on the day, but sometimes she'll be like, mommy, me go to the store. And I'm like, no, Bella, you have to say, uh, I'm going to the store. I, I go to the store or whatever. Yeah. And so I, I was like correcting her. And then I read somewhere that they're just going to figure that out. So you don't really need to correct that because eventually it'll just click and they'll understand like the eyes and the me's and the we's and the they's there. That's exactly right. What you were saying. We, we actually just did a little story on this oh, the other did. day. Yeah. And oh. what we do typically is we will rephrase what the child said correctly. So the child may uh-huh. use that sentence with incorrect grammar, and then we rephrase it. Yes, using correct grammar. Okay. Pronouns are harder because when you rephrase it and you're talking your about your perspective, we actually have a, a video on this right now. And Stella was saying, "Me, me want it. Me, same exact thing." Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. Brooke would tap her chest and say, "No, I want it." And then Stella would say, "No." Uh-huh me want it. And Brooke was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. you can have it and tap Stella's chest and hand it to her. So Brooke was just modeling it from the correct perspective of Brooke. Yes. And at the end of the okay. video, Stella goes, I want it. And she uh-huh. got it. She got it. She got it. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, so so you works. just model okay. the correct perspective. 
perspective. And if it is, you know, if she says me want to go, then you could say, I want to go and tap your chest. So she sees that when uh-huh. you're talking about you, it should be I, you know, mm-hmm. I, oh, you do? It's so oh, funny. That's I'm... actually what I did. So I was like, oh, no. I was like, mommy, like, I want to go to the store. And then I and then okay. I did that to her. I like touched her and I was like, I want to go to the store. Bella wants to go to the store. And she was like, she was like trying to really understand it. Yeah, it helps to to do those gestures by tapping yourself. And, you know, if it's like sometimes as they get a little older, they'll start confusing like he and she. They might say him want to go or her yes. want to go. Yep. And, you know, same thing. Like you can just point at the girl and say she has a pretty dress or she has a purple dress. He has a blue hat and uh-huh. give it perspective. Yeah. And then my other question is, I was in acting school. It reminds me of voice and speech in college. But, okay, so my <laughs> daughter – says yes with a little bit of a lisp she'll be like yes you know Mm -hmm. and so I'm wondering like kids that have you know say say things with a lisp or whatever when to begin correcting that how to correct it I was like put your tongue right back here (laughs) she was like I was like I think we're too early for this so when is he maybe an appropriate time to like you know do a little bit of a lisp intervention so technically, I mean, the S sound comes in later. Does she does she do this little lisp any other times with S or is it only with the Not word really. yes? Not really. It's okay. mostly with the word yes. Okay. So then I would just, um, yep, model it. And actually my daughter right around the age of three, she had a pacifier and she had it till three and she had a lisp because mm-hmm. – excessive sucking on pacifiers or fingers or thumbs or bottles can cause kind of a tongue thrust. And so I That's probably what's going on with her. She's passy obsessed. She is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yes, Mm -hmm. that, that definitely plays into it. We're only doing it night now, but it's, she's been with it forever. Yes. So it does, you know, once you take it away, it should work itself out. Um, and the tongue should kind of go back, but it, it sort of depends on how long they suck for. So, you know, my daughter had it till three and she had a lisp. Every time there was an S in a word, that tongue was coming through. And I just thought, oh my gosh, but I just gave her the cue. I said, you know what? Let's pretend your tongue is a snake and your teeth are the cage and you need to close the cage. So close your teeth, put them together and keep that snake in the, in the cage and don't let it come out. So cute. And when she would do it, I would say, oh, oh no, the snake just popped out of the cage and she'd put it back in. (laughs) Uh huh. That was all it took. You know? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I'm going to try that. Yeah. That mirror out and yeah. so she can see it. Yep. I mean, we, okay. some kids, you know, they do need speech therapy for articulation. There are articulation norms. The S sound should be mastered by around age four. So if it's not remediated by then, definitely reach out to a speech pathologist. But we believe that there is no harm in a parent directing the child on how to articulate that certain sound and drawing attention to put your tongue here or put your lips together. Mm-hmm. It, some kids just need that little bit of direction and it clicks. Yeah. Go for it. Yep. If she if she's willing to take that direction from you. Yeah, I, I'm sure she she's very um she's very open to when I start 
explaining things. She really listens and then tries it. If she can't get it, she can't get it, but she definitely tries. Mm-hmm. So that's at least great. that's good. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's great. And we have a, a pacifier blog we wrote for Ryan and Rose's. And that there's a, a nice little weaning plan off there. And we, we have a gentle weaning plan um, yes, when the time comes. When the time comes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know the, oh, it is it is a struggle. It, it, it is a struggle. Yes, my, it is. my dentist said that you don't have to worry until three, though, Carly, because I was thinking that about Brooks. I was like, oh, my gosh, because he does a pass. He, Emmy never did. And I was like. I probably have to get him off this by two. And she was, and the dentist said, according to like dental work and like their teeth and their development, that three is kind of like the age where you should oh, start, well, start hiding the passy. Although I mean, she, you can totally tell, you can totally tell. She also got teeth so early. Oh man. This yeah. kid. <laughs> um, I want to talk about your guys' courses too. So you guys offer two courses, right? Yes. We, we have, so Talk on Track is our course for parents of newborn through 14 months, we say. And it's all about teaching parents how they can be proactive and helping their little ones meet communication milestones. So, you know, these are the things it's funny, Bridget said before, we have five kids between the two of us and our kids were all early talkers. And our friends would be like, well, gosh, you guys just must sit down and do speech therapy with them all the time. Like, how are they speaking in sentences at 18 months? And we didn't. We just knew how to talk to them with the intent of building their language. And we thought, this is not rocket science. Like, really, any mom can do this. Any parent can do this. It's just sort of how you tweak your interactions. And, um, you know, you might need to, instead of just giving them the snack or the cup of water, wait a minute and see, wait for them to request it. And it's like little mm-hmm. things like that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's starting early. And that's why we developed Talk on Tracks. We wanted to teach some of these things early on. So they just become a parent's way of communicating with their child. And our other course, is well it right we're actually in the process of rebranding it to a new name but the current name is the late talker course and that is a course for children 15 to 36 months and originally when we wrote this course coming you know from our speech therapy background and private practice background we wanted to create a course for children who weren't meeting communication milestones. Maybe they're a late talker and they're not saying as many words as they should at 18 months or 24 months. And we really wanted a resource for parents. But what we started finding over time is, yes, those children who are late talkers were really showing some amazing benefits from taking this course. But at the same time, we had a lot of parents who had children who were on track, but the parents just wanted to be proactive a little bit later on. And those kids have really excelled as well. So we thought, you know what, this course isn't just for late talkers. So we're actually going to be renaming it Time to Talk Toddler Course. Um, so it's really for any toddler who parent of a parent toddler, of a toddler yeah. um, who one feel it's time to talk. Exactly. <laughs> and again, just giving parents the tools and techniques to help their kids meet the communication milestones. Awesome. That's great. I also have another question too. Uh, so for parents, after they feel like they've tried to get their baby to talk and they feel like maybe they aren't meeting those milestones and they're just worried or outside sources such as family or friends are mentioning things like, oh, so-and-so doesn't really talk. When is it? When do you know you need to have intervention? That's a great question. So 
usually when we say, so if a child is not meeting the milestone um, for either receptive language, which is understanding or expressive language, which is talking or both. Um, and that's why it's so important for parents to be aware of what the milestones are. But yes, like if at 18 months, I mean, 18 months seems to be the golden age for this. Like if a child is not talking by 18 months, or maybe if they only have five words and they just use them occasionally, this would be you know, and especially if they're not understanding language. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of looking at the whole child mm -hmm. and um, if a child like by 12 months or 15 months isn't babbling yet, those right. are all indicators as well. We yes. have a milestone checklist that is comprehensive and just looks at all of the milestones for receptive and expressive language anywhere between zero to 36 months. And we just always say to parents, you know, if your child isn't meeting those milestones, and remember that's what approximately 90% of children at that age group are able to do, then definitely reach out to your pediatrician because just getting the ball rolling and getting that peace of mind is so worth it and puts your child at an advantage and reaching out to a speech pathologist if you do have any concerns. This is where the whole early intervention thing comes in because, you know, your children's brains, toddler brains are like a sponge. They just soak up so much at, at this age. And so you really want to get in there and, you know, do the work and, and make the changes so that they, you can see progress. But yeah, it really, it depends. I mean, so let's take a two-year-old. If a child is two years old and they have less than 50 words. And they're not combining two words together. That would be yeah. a good time to go in and get an evaluation. Yeah. And we just always tell parents to follow their gut. If, if they, you know, oftentimes doctors will say, well, let's just wait and see if, a, you know, they come in at 18 months and, oh, well, they're a little behind, but let's just wait till two years. You know what? If you don't feel good about that as a parent, you need to go and, and get yes. an evaluation, get yes. a consultation. Yeah. And just as the parent, like that's, that's our mission is we uh, running a private practice for speech therapy, we have had so many parents who would go and were told just, you know, let's just wait and see a few months and the parent didn't feel right about it. And then they waited and they feel like their child missed out on, you know, six months of early intervention therapy. So that's why we, another reason we created this resource is parents should have something. They shouldn't leave that pediatrician 18 month appointment going, okay, well, I guess we'll just wait and see and have nothing, no plan, no action plan. Yeah. They should know what to do at home. Maybe don't jump right into an assessment if the doctor isn't recommending it, but a parent should know what they can do at home to help their child because there are so many things that they can be doing. Exactly. I think that's amazing because I feel like sometimes that's the hardest part as a parent is feeling like you want to help. But yet when you go to say like even your pediatrician and there's, oh, they say, oh, just wait or whatever. You come back out feeling sometimes unfulfilled or, or helpless. Like, I don't know how to yes. make this, you know, like how to help, how to help them. So I think that's amazing. Where can everybody find your courses? Sure. So um, on our website, so speechsisters.com, and then there's also links on our Instagram, which is we're at Speech Sisters. And we have a ton of free resources too um, on Instagram. And we put out posts daily and we try to talk about all these things and more um, in stories. And we have IGTV videos. So find us on Instagram and at our website. Well, thank you so much. I feel like I have direction now for little things that I wanted to uh, 
help with my children. And I hope I'm, I know that everybody else out there is going, Oh my gosh. And having these like aha moments. So thank you so much for uh, being with us and taking time out today to, to talk to us. Of course. Yeah. I think like the most important thing to leave parents with is just to reduce the mom guilt. Like I think parents get so worked up with the child's not meeting those milestones. And like, we're here to say, if your child isn't meeting communication milestones, it is not your fault. Your child is on their own path. And we always say like, children are like popcorn when their, their time to pop is coming. And (laughs) That's so cute. (laughs) Yeah. And just educating yourself. If you are educating yourself and you are doing what you can at home to maximize communication opportunities, you are doing the best for your child. Amen. (laughs) I feel better. (laughs) Thank you, ladies, so, so much for coming on. This was so informational. And um, I hope everybody goes and checks out your Instagram and your courses because they sound like such great resources. So. Thank Thank you. Thank you for sharing everything today with us. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Jade, I know I texted you this while we were talking, but I thought I was talking to Whitney Bushoff at some point because her voice was so much like Whitney. (laughs) Yeah, they have they have sweet mama voices. I feel so sweet. I was like, oh, my gosh, you sound like Whitney. Oh, and then I started missing Whitney. Um, I I was like, I get why their kids, their kids talk a lot because I would listen to them talk all day too. Like if you were my mom. Oh, I I'd totally listen. agree. <laughs> I'd be engaged. I totally agree. Yes. Well, that was so informational. I feel like I really have had like lots of questions about the kids' speech. And and I know we were talking about how we hate milestones. I get why they exist, but I do yes. feel, I feel personally better right now. <laughs> how about you? Yeah, I think what they were saying towards the end too is like giving parents the confidence to help their children talk like a lot of the times it is Mm -hmm. we don't have those resources or we don't know what's right or what's or what may be something that needs to be intervened so it's just so nice that these type of programs are available nowadays that are just easily accessible like I was saying it's just something that right makes me feel a little bit better like oh okay this is okay or oh like you said like when you guys were talking about like Bella's personal communications or like even Brooks's and stuff like when I was talking about him it's just it's just like each thing is very personal but they're so positive and they're like well maybe if you just like rephrase it this way or you do it this way right it's, it's just easy little tricks that can make a difference that are nice to know are totally. out there that we would never probably yeah. think of because we're just we're just probably just stressed oh yeah we're distressed and have no idea I mean I literally was just like googling things and Google was telling me something opposite of what they told me (laughs) and I believe them over you know random Google don't trust Google yes don't trust Google (laughs) Uh, well you guys seriously thank you for listening we love you so much and also tell a friend about mommy's tell all because we want to have more friends. Yes. And um, just let you guys know, Tanner and I will be here next week. You'll get to hear what his state of mind is like, dot, 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 close to being a dad oh of three and all. He's got Holy a lot on his plate. Moly. So make sure That's... you guys tune into that one. And always, please give us a five-star rating and a review. If you haven't, please do it because it really helps other moms find the show. So thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thanks. From From the the Westwood Westwood One Podcast Podcast Network. Network.